I V M. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your Sanupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and on today's episode, I'm talking market analytics. After a very long time, my guest Amber Prabreja, founder and CEO Trendline, and we will be talking about market analytics, whole lot of stuff. Right after this short break. Subscribe to Paisa Paisa with Anupam Gupta on YouTube for knowing more about a wide variety of financial products from mutual funds to credit cards to loans and much more. Boost your financial knowledge and growth today. And welcome back. So, folks, we've done Tijori, Stock Edge, Markets Mojo like way back in 2019. I haven't done this for quite some time, so it's really good to have another market analytics firm on our show. Those who are wondering what exactly is market analytics, stock market analytics, to be precise, we will tell you exactly that. My guest, Amber Prabreja, founder and CEO, Trend Line. Amber, welcome to Paisa Paisa. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Thank you so much for inviting me. Very glad to be here. Thanks, Amber. So let's start with what exactly Trend Line does. You know, I know what it does. Obviously, I've been through your site. I like the product. Seems to be quite extensive. But for our listeners who don't have any idea what Trend Line is, let's start from there. So what Trendline does is essentially it provides a framework for all investors, whether it be you know, fundamental investors or traders or futures and options analysts or mutual fund investors, a framework where they can take decisions, do their research, shortlist stocks, mutual funds, contracts, keep track of them, and then use our extensive real-time alerting system to make sure that they don't lose an opportunity or, uh, you know, they get out of the opportunity when things head southward. So it's a holistic approach to the whole system. and. Over the last couple of years, we have tried to capture every you know user group that we have, whether it be investors, traders, or even you know people entering the market through the mutual fund. Does that answer the question? It does. It does. It does. Amar, I know that you guys have got a B two B and a B two C product. We'll talk about the B two C product in a bit, but I want to understand the B two B space for market analytics. I know that's massive. That's you know, it's got a Bloomberg, it's got a Reuters, it's got a whole lot of other players out out there. What is that market like? And you have a presence out there, don't you? So in India, yes, we have a presence, and we're launching in US, UK, Canada. So we're launching for Nasdaq, NYSE, uh, LSD, and TSX. So we'll get to you know, sort of uh, spy with the big big guys over there. As far as the entire world is concerned, it's mostly currently used to be a terminal market, B2B. So you have the Bloomberg terminal, you have the icon from you know Reuters, Affinitiv, and then you have the incumbents like set. So if you look at the entire market, it's about $60, $70 billion market revenue worldwide, where Bloomberg terminal used to be called the shots. But gradually, what we are seeing is that the market is shifting from the terminal, you know, view to actually a cloud-based, which is where you know trendline comes in. And so, in that sense, you know, if you look at Bloomberg, they are also trying to cater, moving away from the B two B segment, come to terminal market. They've really amped up their game. They've really amped up their presence online as well as, especially, I mean, if you see the number of podcasts they did that they have started doing. So they are also, you know, capturing that new age cloud-based and the new new communication methodologies. So the market is extremely big. Now that we've got that out of the way, I want to understand your retail product. Let's start with who is the ideal person to use this product, you know, and then we'll try to understand 
what it offers yeah so i think very early on and uh, you know when this question was asked who's your target audience and so we used to at that point of sale you know that you know anybody who goes to money control okay but in the recent past we have actually figured out that our ideal audience is somebody who's a little more savvy than a usual you know pink newspaper reader okay so we are focused entirely on people who are comfortable with technology who are comfortable with math who are comfortable with using excel and what we have tried to do is to actually cater to this savvy set of users so if you see that's why we have not focused that much on mutual funds although our product over there is extremely rich diversified but we have largely started focusing on slightly savvier you know set of investors so that reduces the you know market audience but then it also helps us focus our energies towards catering to a set of people who really need us wonderful so let me understand what's your pitch right i mean because indians famously don't like to pay for anything you've got a paid product how would you pitch that and you've got investors and you've got traders both are very very distinct groups of people with very distinct requirements what's your pitch there so our pitch is that we are a platform play so you have products which just do alerting right you have products which just do fno or products which just do you know fundamental and there are other products which just do charting or tech Okay, Trendline does all of this together, right? So anybody who has an investment in equity will most likely have investments in you know your LTCCC mutual fund, right? At times they would want to hedge their portfolio when things are not going so well using futures and options. So as far as uh, you know the savvy investors are concerned, they have a multi-asset, and that's where Trendline comes in. Not only do we have these you know entire suite of products; these are industry-grade products. you know with our b2b customers we do close to about 750 million apis per month so it's trusted by around 30 brokerages and so consequently what really happens is that not only do people you know do their research on trendline but our alerting system is one of the best available in india and so and so that helps you know sticking us regarding you know people not paying i think that assessment is more or less accurate but what we have seen is that it's more of a and i think i i put myself in that category so you know i i put myself in in, in the customer shoes we are all bfm guy people indians right and so over a period of time what has happened is that the value that trendline generates as we have increased the size of size of features uh, has increased substantially and so what we have seen is that in the last couple of years although our MAUs and your KPIs have been excellent. The growth rate has been really, you know, outstanding. The subscriber growth has actually outpaced all of these because you know the product now provides uh, much more value for the money for the subscription amount. That is one thing uh, from our side because our product has matured. But I also see a gradual change in the. way people are reacting towards it i think maybe it's because uh, apple is doing better or you know so people are used to subscriptions maybe it's netflix people are used to paying 199 rupees hotstar whatever it is so basically i think all of us are attuned aligned the fact that if there is something which is being used every day by them then they need to pay for it 
what we have also kept uh, very simple is that there are no ads on trending. Okay, so it's very clear to the user that the only way that we are going to generate revenue out of them is through a subscription. There is no other means of monetizing our, our, our users except uh, uh, via subscription. So I think a combination of these things has helped us. And I think uh, largely we have been a little more successful than other platforms uh, because of these two or three in monetizing the user base. Great. How is your growth been? I mean, in the, when I say growth, I want to understand it from the perspective of what all features have you added? Right, like from right. you started with X, and now here we are in 2023. How have you added your various features along the way? All right. So I think when we started, we started with a very core data engine, which can. When be, was that? So in 2018, we launched our screener system. Five years Five old. Years. That's it. Yeah, nice. yeah. So we launched our screener system back in 2018, and when we did that, we built a data engine which was capable of ingesting. Uh, disparate fields, disparate data fields, and working consistently for the front-end user. So what this uh, screener system lets you do is, it lets you write anything you want to query. So you want to filter stock, you know, filter stocks by saying, I want to find out stocks which have good growth and which are doing technically well, okay, where promoters are buying their stocks or FIIs are buying or MFs are buying. You can write whatever you want and there is a save. And generate a list of stocks for you, right? So that was our first product. And this was catered towards people who wanted to do their own analysis. In parallel, the co-founder, Devi, she came up with an idea that we needed to, you know, reach the masses. And so we launched our superstars, which is, you know, tracking the portfolio of the Junjunwala and the Cholias of the world, along with, let's say, the Goldman Sachs. And that, that product has uh, been very successful. We have iterated over these products over the last five years. And you know, we recently launched our screener version three and superstars version three as well. So in the meanwhile, uh, we moved towards uh, you know again building that fun uh, for the user. So basically, the idea behind trending is not just to help you find good stocks, but also help you to avoid making bad decisions. It's equally important to tell a tell a customer or an investor saying that this is a bad stock, right? And so we built this scoring system which is uh, essentially called durability, valuation, and momentum. Okay, so the durability looks at stuff like how good or bad a stock is, whether it be financials, whether it be viability, whether it be, you know, on leverage ratios, you know, whether the FIIs or MFs are investing in it. So that tells you whether a stock is good or bad, hmm. right? Hmm. Out of 100, you get a range, right? Now, a stock might be excellent, but it's overbought. Right, it's trading at the higher end of what it usually trades at. That's where the valuation metric comes in. It's durability valuation. So the stock is really good, but is it something in a viable range right now compared to its peers, compared to its history? So we have a system which lets you say, okay, where are you in this viability zone on a spectrum of 100? Right now, the stock is really good, uh, it's fairly valued. But is the market really interested? So at that point of time, because you have a limited amount of money and the opportunities over there are quite a few. So you want to catch the right opportunity when everybody else is catching it so that you ride the wave. That's where the momentum uh, score comes in. And the momentum score typically focuses on uh, 
whether the market is really buying that product. So that was the third thing we built. Subsequently, we built you know our real-time alerting engine, which is called Alpha sure. Email alerts. Uh, recently, we've launched two big products. One is the stock reports, and the other is a baskets product, Starfolio, which has just been launched. So Starfolio is something which is bridging the gap. So till now, people could do research on Trendline, and they could also track stocks on Trendline. Okay. So they could do screeners, but and they could track the result of the screeners once they had it. But they could trade. uh, uh, So Starfolio bridges that gap. So what it lets people do is they can buy an entire strategy with a single click on their using their favorite broker. So whether it be zero ta, five percent, tilaloswa, and then uh, track it. Uh, basically, uh, as a single thought unit. So, you know, you have a strategy or you have a watch list which you made when COVID started. Now, that's not the only thing that you're going to buy. You already have another portfolio. Right? You want to be able to track that separately. Starfolio helps you do that. It helps you transact all 50 stocks at one go and then track that thought process as a single unit. And then when the strategy has played out, when the theme has played out, you can exit that particular theme in one shot with a single click. It's a very flexible system. We are onboarding RIAs, RAs who will be launching their baskets on Starfolio. You can follow superstars. You can replicate Chunjunwala's portfolio in one click. And then also get an alert when it changes. Understood. that's been the trajectory right. of the product. Folks, we're going to take a small break. When we come back, we'll be talking about specifics about how the products operate for stock traders, for stock investors, you know, with specific actions and all. That, that'll help you understand the product a little bit better. We'll be back right after this short break. And welcome back. Amber, I want to get into the very exciting topic of stock trading. Okay. First, before we go into what Trendline does out there, I want to get your views. Okay. Now, you obviously as a product manufacturer, someone who's got an analytical product, you know, you'd be the happiest if people trade more and more and more and more. But all that apart, and we've seen post-pandemic, the numbers have also gone through the roof in terms of people, you know, who are trading and of course, various workshops, some of which turn out to be a little bit dicey also. What are your views on stock trading? You know, how profitable is it actually for someone who is new to it wants to start a career to it you know and there is all this buzz and noise on social media about stock trading i want to first understand your own views on stock trading as an activity as a career or even as a hobby for people in india so as a career i think it's a viable career as a hobby or as a side project i don't think that's you know it's not a viable activity at all i frankly i mean if you look at the numbers so let's look at the Futures and options turnover in India. Right? So, if you compare the future and, uh, futures and derivatives turnover versus equity turnover, the ratio is above 400 in India. So, you're saying that for every rupee in cash, FNO is 400 times? 400 times, yes. Oh, okay, I missed a couple of zeros. Yeah. In Germany, which is the next closest, it's 35 times. US is close to 10 times. Okay. So this gives you an idea about uh, where we are, and it has doubled. The ratio has actually doubled over the last so it was two fifty times last year. So, and largely, uh, my hypothesis is that you know uh, the government has been uh, contracting the gambling market, and that has let loose a uh, you know a certain set of people who enjoy this uh, you know to get the jollies out. 
But if you look at the numbers, I think Sabi just released the numbers back early this year that about 89% of the people who traded in FI12 lost money in the derivatives market. And I, I think that's more or less my perception as well. And so that is why the products that we have made actually you know, help investors realize that this is not the best use of their time. I really feel that you know when people invest in stocks, uh, they should think of it as if they're owning a part of that company. I'm a little more, uh, you know, sort of old-fashioned about these things. But as a career, if you look at, you know, companies like Renaissance Tech, which have done so well in US over a period of time, they have given a CAGR returns of 70 plus percent every year for the past 20, 25 years. But that's at an institutional level. And, you know, uh, they use algorithms to do trading. So as a career, yes, it's something which people can look at it, but think as a hobby that's not really the best use of their time i think that would be more of a you know eventually give you more than what trading would be. yeah anyway so what are the products that you've got in trading that's my first question and you know if i were to ask this in a more user-driven way how can you help me become a better trader let's say that i'm doing this full-time i've just started my career you know what do you have for me out there right so we have a very large spectrum of uh, available products. So one is the derivatives product where, you know, in the FNO part, we have uh, screener systems. Uh, we have, you know, Greeks, OI analysis. Uh, you know, you've typically seen a derivatives industry. What it helps you do is, you know, it helps you find out opportunities very quickly. That's what the product is focused. On the equity side, on the cash market side, since we built that first, product is even larger. So we have the largest set of technical parameters available. Typically what happens is uh, if you look at, you know, uh, traders using other products, they do a lot of stuff on the chart, right? So on the chart, what you're doing is you're saying, okay, let me see if it has crossed above a moving average, right? What our system does is that it'll show you all the 250 technicals in my chart for that particular stock. Mm-hmm. It will also help you. Uh, so when traders trade, they have their favorite, you know, parameters. So they'll be trading on RSI, MFI, right? So what our screener system lets you do is identify a stock which are bullish or bearish on your favorite parameter that you like to trade on, right? And then once you have selected the companies, you can put alerts on them, whether it be strategy alerts, whether it be individual data point alert. Once you put it in a watch list or portfolio, there is a generic real-time alerting system which can monitor all the stocks in your watch list and portfolio for over 100 uh, parameters at one shot without you doing anything. So you just add it to any of your watch list and it automatically comes under the monitoring. So the idea over here is that, you know, again, the discovery part and the alerting system helps you you know, sort of time your entry and exit. So I want to understand, how am I better off? Am I better off, you know, as a person or am I actually agnostic? Whether I am going via my broker, okay, to whom you're already supplying your product, or am I better off going through you and giving the execution somewhere else? Because it just struck me that if the broker is using the same package as you're giving them and therefore to me as a trader, okay, I'm not talking about the investment part. How would that work? Or is there any difference at all in that? Yeah, I mean, good question, especially, I mean, comes from a person who's, I mean, you know the product well. So essentially to brokers, typically we have given stuff which is available on Sunlight for free. 
So the alerting system that I'm talking about, most of it is not available to you. So as far as if you're using a broker, then you can use the research part or the pre part of the trend line, right? So I mean, in that sense, uh, you know, the brokers uh, are subsidizing the cost of the free users on Trendline, correct? So if you want the complicated alerting systems that Trendline provides and, you know, other um, premium stuff, then you will have to come on Trendline, become a subscriber, and then only save using your broker. But you can do that on Trendline. You don't need to go to your broker. You can execute the trades on Star. I don't know whether that answers your question, but. No, no, you have, you have, you have, you, yeah. you have. I was just wondering because the thing is that, you know, in trading, thankfully not in investing, in trading, timing is everything, you know, so you've got yeah. an analytics layer. I have my strategy. I have my method. I have whatever way I employ, you know, it could be MACD, could be RSI, could be moving averages, could be anything, you know, there are, and the deeper you go in, in trading, the more confusing it gets. I, I've, I've only heard of some very exotic names, you know, and I hear I'm talking about the, and, over and above that, there's futures and options. So someone for whom price moves, you know, in stock trading is all about getting that arbitrage, getting that price difference between Absolutely. whatever your trade is. So the analytics and the execution, typically, it's great if they're together. But the thing is yeah. that both require very specific skill sets. My broker, or whenever I used to try trading back in the day, horrendous at timing. Right, yeah. because I have to physically call him, or even if I'm on the laptop or on the app, I always lose that time. Because if you're trading in a very liquid instrument, that yeah. ten seconds can cost you a lot. Because <laughs> yeah, horrible. Whereas if I'm going through you and if I'm getting that alert, so I was just trying to understand how that works. It's an extremely basic question, but the fact that you're present in both but in different forms is. You have any plans of becoming a broker, by the way? No, no, as of now. Okay. So that's formula mandate. So I think we're looking forward to launching this whole thing in the three new geographies. And then I won't say like never, but sure. not in the near term. Okay, let's get to the more simpler part, stuff that I understand, stuff that, you know, is a little bit more peaceful for me. What do you have in investing? You spoke about DVM, which was durability, valuation, valuation and, and momentum, momentum, right? Yeah. 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 So can we just, you know, what would be your advice to someone who is investing? How, what would be the best way for him to use your product? Like, should he start with a screener first or anything else? Like, you know, just walk us through setting up an investment strategy. Right. So I think the investment strategy starts from your uncle telling you which stock to buy, right? So for that, what we have is, you know, on the top of the page, along with the you have three scores, durability, evaluation, momentum. Alongside that, you will see our proprietary software, uh, which is you know, your SWOT analysis. Strength, weakness, opportunity threats of every stock, followed by an investment checklist, which breaks it down into how good the stock is doing financially, technically, shareholding-wise. And, and so it's pretty much done in the half of the page, right? So this is a good guideline for you, whether you need to go deep down into the stock or not. Right. If all three are red, there is no point in looking at it, the DVM scores. Or if the SWOT scores are more favorable, or if the checklist score is not favorable, there's no point in looking at it, uh, you know, going deep down. I always recommend top-down because you have lesser chance to lose money if you're doing a top-down. Because what is going to happen is that, you know, when things are more good for, let's say, SIPLA, it's going to be good for more or less the entire pharmaceutical sector, you know, sector. Right, or that industry. 
and so as long as the industry that you are investing in is doing well your likelihood of having made a bad decision is going to be a little less you know like your your losses are going to be a little more limited than what they they would be if you were to choose an unfavorable sector right and so a top down approach helps you sort of uh, limit your risk in, in that over there we have you know your sector dashboards your relative value metrics available on trendline which can really help you choose the best stocks within a sector and now uh, so these are the two things and then coming to the first part of the top down approach since we are talking about investors results are the biggest thing we have the nicest result dashboard which helps you identify which industries are doing well as and when the results are coming it's a real time dashboard and so what it helps you tell is like you know is the alcohol industry declaring better results this season is it the sugar industry because even if you enter into cyclicals uh, you want to enter early right you don't want to be entering at the fag end this results dashboard will tell you that you know this season out of uh, you know 100 companies in this sector 10 have declared results and all 10 have been awesome right so now you have 90 additional results yet to be declared so you can enter the market into those 90 stocks choose the best so that's a simple strategy which has worked uh, well for me choose the sector or the industry look at the best stock within that sector or industry and then look at the dvm scores and then Yeah, I'm just you know I had a look at your website and I was like I haven't done this for a very long time. By the way, there was a time when I used to do this pretty actively. I was just wondering, you know, it's been this everybody is excited about India and from a stock market perspective, and hopefully in other areas as well. As someone who just wants to start his journey into investing in stocks, you know, I mean, mutual funds is of course a different area. I don't want to go yeah. into that. You'll probably you know meet an advisor or distributor to you and so. But if I'm someone who wants to start there. how do i do it you know okay i'm excited about india and bits and pieces i if i'm excited then i want to go domestic i want to focus on companies that are focused on the growth story in india walk me through this you know how would you advise this person to build a portfolio of let's say 10 stocks or 15 stocks on trend line right. how would that work god so i heard you mentioning that you know you would like to invest in growth stock right yep Yep, yep. Okay. So essentially, one is your past growth performance, which is you know your five years CAGRs. But on Trendline, we also have an amazing feature which is called a forecaster, right? And so what it does is that it looks at all the analyst estimates, and we have the largest set of analyst estimates being fed into Trendline. We also have uh, many of those reports available. And so what it does is it combines data from all analysts. So let's say. you have 50 analysts tracking inputs right each one of them would have given a revenue guidance a profit guidance and a margin guidance capex guidance and all those things for inputs right what the forecaster will tell you is what is the average what is the median what is the low estimate what is the high estimate for growth in revenue and in profit and some seven or eight other metrics right so once you have these numbers available you have the past performance you have the expected next two years performance you write a simple screener and the yeah. screeners are really pre built that's right? what i so am. you enter yeah so you go to screeners and you hit growth and you're going to see four or five screeners and you choose the one which helps you combine both these things and it's ready made and then once you've looked at the query which is used in the screener you can copy it you can edit it you can find unit for it so in that sense it works well 
the filters that I use for the screener are in normal English, right? I mean, I'm not someone yes, who knows coding and all that. I'm pretty horrible yeah, at that. Normal English, yeah. yeah. And we have the largest set of parameters. We have about 1600, so the very wow. large set. Okay, I want to understand this. Do you have a model portfolio in in the sense that I want to test my strategy, okay? Yeah. And I want to test it for a week or a month or whatever. And then when I decide that, okay, I'm actually, you know, my stuff is actually working. Only then will I invest. Can you help me with that? Yes, absolutely. So we have watch lists, we have paper children portfolios. Uh, you can enter your, you know, entry points. Or if you want to just start tracking as of today, you just need to add it to your watch list and it starts tracking automatically. Yeah. So that's only available. So, you know, you really don't, you also have the capability of, you know, executing that screener as a start for you, but not banning it. You created a strike for you and you let it sit, right? And then you know what the performance is. But even better than that, for people who are a little more savvier, we have an entire backtesting feature on track. Okay. And so that's very interesting. So typically, when you see backtesting elsewhere, the software allows you to backtest a single stock. Okay. So, for example, you'll say, I want to buy Nifty when it's at, you know, two month high and then sell when it falls below some particular thing. Tell me what my returns would have. Right? That's what other softwares do. What Trendline does is that it chooses the stock as well as runs this criteria at the same time. So you can say, I will buy any company which crosses 30% growth. Okay. And then I will sell it when the growth falls below 30% within, let's say, Nifty 50. And run this simulation from 2006 to now and tell me how much money I would have made. And so the simulator is going to run it. It will take about two, three seconds. And it's going to give you a very, very detailed set of results regarding trade sheets, uh, regarding entry points, exit points. So you can just take a look at that data. You can download it in an Excel. Uh, and even before you sort of go ahead and decide that I want to do a growth strategy. Because what really happens is growth strategies typically won't work with 1500 companies. They'll only work with, you know, slightly lesser market cap. Yeah. So you validate this. Yeah, you know, it's a very good point you've raised. Because when I look at the last six months, the kind of rally that's happened in mid and small caps, I'm just wondering, you know, for anyone who's listening into this episode and who's obviously wondering that how can I catch the next big trend? Okay. Yeah. What's your view there? You know, is it is it possible to set up any alert system or anything on trending that can actually help me, you know, to maybe obviously not predict this whole thing, of course, if, if you can, yeah, great. Sure. But is there any way to, you know, to streamline this? Or is this really a more human process that, Probably no computer can do. So I think uh, we, we need to take the human out of it. That's the only profit, really. So uh, as I had suggested, you know, top-down approach, choose the best sector, set an alert on that, on the results dashboard, and then uh, go down. And once you start using the system, you'll realize that pretty much everything is alertable. So you know, it's a straightforward system once you've spent a few hours. Okay. Last question. What are the limitations? What can Trendline not do? Okay. I mean, I would love it that you help me to make tons and tons of money, but be that as it may, what would you want to tell our listeners that, okay, this is stuff that we can't do and anything on those lines? So on those lines, I think one of the things that no really no system can do is to, is to give you experience, right? We are not going to be able to short circuit your journey. We are only going to be able to speed it up, right? So you still need to spend, you know, time learning how to invest. There's no shortcut to it, basically. But what we can do is we can 
with our simulators, with our research tools, with our learning system. We can help you learn what you would typically take five years to learn, you know, maybe six months, right? But what that means is that you need to spend the time. And, and that's where, you know, that 10,000 hours well, thing really comes into play. Probably don't need to spend 10,000 hours, but you'll still need to spend time to, you know, get better. And in that sense, that's what at least our recommendation is start early. Because if you start early, you don't have too much money to lose. So you'll lose only, you know, your first salary or your first year salary. <laughs> so it's, it's a, when you start at, you know, when you, you have 20 years experience, then you tend to lose a lot more money. So yeah. do your learning when you have lesser to that works out well. Nice, sir. I think that that summarizes it well. Who are your partners? I just read somewhere that you've got an investment from IFL. How you know, is there anybody else on board or how do you, you know, what's the ownership like? So Devi and I are the co-founders. Uh, we own the majority, say close to about 65, 70 percent. There is the so IFL fintech fund. That's the fund which is invested in China. Along with, there's a Shangri-La Capital. It's a private uh, equity firm, which has uh, about uh, 8% stake. Sure. So so that's the breakup. It's about, you know, it's the 5 70 percent with the founders and the rest. I think there are a couple of listed analytic players on the market also, right? I mean, there are a few. I'm not sure. That I, I found the IFL name interesting. I you know, I thought that it's via the main brokerage, but it's interesting that it's come via the fintech fund, which I think yeah. has, you know, which probably has a better space on this. Okay, future plans. What are you guys up to? What are you guys working on? What's the next big thing? Yeah, so we're very successful in India. We want to take this to, so since the beginning when we made it, made online, we made sure that everything was made, that you know, to plug and play. So we are right now plugging in fields from NYSE, NASDAQ, Toronto Stock Exchange, and London Stock Exchange. So we're looking forward to launching over there. And that's going to be a nice journey as well. Because we know the formula of success in India. We're going to try and sort of replicate it over there. There'll be some tweaks you know, required over there. We have just launched a star folio in India. So from, from the launch perspective, it's done. Uh, but from a business perspective, from the you know marketing scaling up perspective, uh, Starfolio is going to be one of the key things that we are going to be focusing on in the next. These are the two things primarily. As a founder, you know, what do you think you would prefer? I, I see it as a tough choice because in a country like India, we want more people to enter the stock market. But at the same time, it's you know it's very diff- it's like people entering the gym at at the start of every year. You have a lot of entu, but you know that typically kind of. What do you think is a better outcome for you? more people joining or your existing user base spending more time and getting better outcomes using your product? I know you would want both ideally, but I'm just saying that, you know, big picture, five years down, 10 years down, how do you see this market shaping out? Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be both for some time, you know, for us. If you look at the growth numbers, we've just only begun. And that was one of the hypotheses when we started in 2017. So, you know, at at that time, we were at about percent demand coverage right now we are at eight right so although it has doubled there's still a long way to go so in india at least for the next five years or even for 10 the growth rate is going to be phenomenal there are players entering for that reason like phone pay so many other companies you know are in the brokerage market uh, so the growth over here in india is sorted out for the next five to ten years since we have built a, a good platform it's easy to take it to US 
where the paying capacity of users is typically about three to four times. And the current user base, which is able to pay or able to subscribe, is also three to four times. So you're looking at, you know, nine or nine to 16 times of opportunity in US alone and compared to India. And the hump to cross it is not very difficult once you've been you know, in the market. We know the right people to you know, take the fields from or the, you know, how to develop it, how to take it to market. So I think that's why the team is now big enough and mature enough to do two things at the same time. So in that sense, I think we're going to be able to do all three together rather than doing just one. Wonderful. I wish you all the best. And, you know, I hope to have the next Thank conversation so with you in the studio when you've launched your US Europe product. And I wish you Absolutely. and, you know, your, your team all the very best. And my last question, my standard question to all our guests who come in our podcast is, what are you reading or what content recommendations, if any, do you have for our listeners? So I mostly read fiction. Oh, lovely. I don't get too many people who read fiction. Thank you so much. Please, I want people to read fiction. My God, you know. Tell me, please. Go on. Sorry. So I'm reading Trust, uh, which won the Pulitzer last year. And then Diaz. And it just so happens, usually I stick to science fiction and other stuff. But this one happens to be about a stock market crash in 1920. So, uh, you know, it's just serendipity. It wasn't a choice I made deliberately. But as far as, uh, you know, non-fiction is concerned, I would recommend two things which I read recently. One is a 99-person invisible secret city. So uh, that's a book about architecture uh, and, you know, city plannings, you know, how architecture and how cities are built affect personal lives. So that's that's a really nice book. Uh, Tell the title again once, please. 99% invisible city. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. And then I would recommend something which I read a couple of months back. It's called The Bomber Mafia. That's by Gladwell, Malcolm Gladwell. So that book is, to me at least, is about the victors writing history. So you have uh, US uh, uh, back in, uh, you know, the Second World War. They started bombing. We talked about Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I'm talking before that. The number of people who were killed in Japan by carpet bombs was more than the number of lives lost in those two bombs. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so the book really talks about the Nepal culture and how a group of people in the Air Force Department pushed this agenda of carpet bombing Japan. It's written very well. Yeah. I mean, that's an eclectic list. So I'm just going to recap that. Help me out here. Okay. But the book number one was Trust by Hernan Diaz. Yes. Okay, I think that's a classic. Yeah. Then came yeah. the 99% Invisible City. I just googled that. And the authors are Curl, Colstead and Roman Mars. And the third, of yeah. course, is something, you know, it's a pretty popular book, The Bomber Mafia by Malcolm Gladwell, who I think, you know, all of us have read at least one of his books. So three book recommendations. They are fantastic. I'm saying that I love our guests who read books. When I get three recommendations and that also three names that are not, I would say, recurring because at some point of time, you kind of can figure, okay, what books are there, but you've got, you know, fiction and non-fiction. So thanks a lot for the recommendation. Good. Yeah, I have to do that. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, and folks, that is a wrap on this episode of Pesa Pesa. My guest, Ambar Pabrejak, founder and CEO, Trendline. Folks, the website, the app, the product, Trendline, T-R-E-N-D-L-Y-N-E. Ambar, thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Thanks for having me. 
And listeners, if you like this podcast, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel where you get to watch the full video episodes. You can check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can also follow us on our social media. We are IVM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I'm your host Anubam Gupta, B50 on Twitter. And thank you, really, folks. Thank you so much for listening to Pesa Vesa. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.